Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt, and I'm a board-certified integrative and functional nutritionist. I live on the seacoast of New Hampshire and work with clients in my virtual practice all over the world through private consultations and online nutrition and functional medicine programs. Functional medicine nutrition is all about diving deep with people to get to the root cause of their health issues. And that's exactly what I tackle in this podcast. All things health, food, and nutrition. Unpacking current research and almost a decade of clinical experience. I love to bring experts and thought leaders to the table so we can all learn together. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive in. Hey guys, we are back this week with a really exciting episode, kind of different. We're going to be talking about human design with AC Brown. So this is not a topic we've ever talked about on the show before. Um, To give you a little bit of context about why this became an interest for me, um, I would say that most of my adult life, I have spent a lot of time thinking, why am I like this? And I feel like the older I get, the more I ask that question, why am I like this? Why am I like this? I just have felt different from other people in my life that I've come in contact with. And I I could always, I I really felt that I was always pretty good at fitting myself and like kind of contorting myself into the person that I thought the world expected me to be when I was younger. I think that was a large part of my eating disorders, my relationship to alcohol, my relationship to partying. I could kind of like starve that different person out of me or binge and purge that person that I didn't really quite understand. I could just kind of get rid of that person or liquor my way out of feeling different. Um, that part of me that thought I was inherently wrong because I didn't feel in sync with everybody else. And obviously I've left behind a lot of those behaviors as I get older. And I feel like the past few years has really been this quest to understand myself better. And that's probably true for a lot of us. Um, Over the years, I've pulled in a lot of different tools to help me do that. And every time I get a deeper understanding of myself, I start to let go of that belief that there's something fundamentally wrong with me. There's like different iterations of that, different layers of that. And finding these tools to support myself as I am, rather than trying to invest all of my time and energy into being someone else has been really impactful for me and really powerful. And I think it's why I've been able to overcome you know, illness challenges and build my business in the way that I have because I'm just accepting myself for who I am rather than trying to mold myself into somebody else. Because I've been there, I've done that. It's exhausting. It's maddening. It doesn't work. Um, But also these tools help me understand where I have the tendency to be out of balance. Um, And when I understand that, like, oh, this is a tendency of mine, rather than go into self-flagellation mode of like, oh, I'm I'm wrong, I'm broken, I'm bad, I can understand like, oh, this is a tendency of mine, so we just need to get back into balance. Um, so this year especially, I've, I've found some different tools. So I discovered the Enneagram, totally late to the party, but I discovered the Enneagram this year and human design. Um, So that's what we're going to talk about today with AC. She's the only person that I personally follow for human design. She has an awesome podcast called Is Your Aura On Straight? It's all about human design. So if you like this episode, I definitely want you guys to check her out there to learn more because we're just going to scratch the surface of this really big topic 
today. Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit of a brief background on AC. She's a psychic channel, a spiritual guide, and she's the founder of Goodnight Darling Co. Uh, she knows what it's like to live in a mental space of self-doubt and fear. She overcame that through trial and error, taking risks, and betting on herself. This led to a successful launch of a products-based business, and that business has been featured in InStyle, Redbook, and West Elm. And that really became the catalyst for her psychic channel abilities um, that she was hiding. I feel like that's a really common thing for, for folks with that intuitive psychic capability. They hide it. It feels like it's something like wrong or scary. And she finally was able to accept those abilities, um, which helped her to figure out where and why she belonged. Um, and along her journey, she fell in love with human design and uses it as a tool to help her clients live from their core instead of their conditioning. And that's something that I want to talk to AC about, what that even means. So AC works with entrepreneurs, executives, thought leaders, and people who are ready to dig deeper into their own self-discovery. She helps her clients shift their mindset to figure out where and why you belong using spiritual self-development, human design, radical commitment, and brand innovation. So I think we'll have a lot to talk, talk about today, and I'm so glad that you're here, AC. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You made me sound so good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, just stating the facts, that's all. Um, so when I, I did put a poll or a call out on Instagram to see if people had specific questions relating to this topic, and it was kind of split down the middle where people were like, I'm so excited. I don't have any specific questions. I'm just really excited. And then the other half of, of the, the comments I got were like, what's human design? Can you just explain what it is? So why don't we start with the basics? Just what is human design? Yes. So let's just start with the basics. So human design is a combination of astrology, metaphysics, the I Ching, the chakra system, and a little bit of the Kabbalah system. So it is a whole combination of all of that. How I like to say um, is that human design, if if you were building an Ikea bookcase or a desk, because everybody's built something from Ikea, hopefully, that's like a rite of passage now. It is. Um, <laughs> uh, your natal chart, your astrology natal chart is the finished Ikea bookcase. Human design is that little instruction booklet that you get with the with it. And so your natal chart is the who, what, where, why, how you're supposed to be, the evolution of yourself. And then human design are the directions on how you get there. So that's like a something that I created in my mind, like, oh, that makes sense for people to understand. That does make sense, especially for people who are like, I'm using air quotes, like into astrology and have an understanding of like, well, I'm a Pisces, I'm an Aries, whatever, whatever that looks like. They, I think most people have an understanding of like what that is. Although when I talked to you, when you did a reading on me, I was like, ah, I'm a Pisces, but I'm like totally not in a Pisces. And you're like, you looked at my chart and you're like, yeah, that's because you have I don't know. I, I'm, I don't, not an astrology buff, but you explained it in a way that made sense to me. Yes. Yeah, so sometimes, and I talk about certain aspects of astrology because astrology, of course, is my first love. Um, certain aspects of astrology um, that really light me up, your rising sign, Jupiter, um, you know, some other things as well um, in your North Node. And so what happens with your astrology chart, your whole natal chart, everybody has a there's a bunch of different planets and all of that in there. And sometimes people are like, well, I'm, you know, like you said, I'm a Pisces, but I don't feel like one. You could have a, a lot of other dominant 
um, planets that are in one sign and that's why you gravitate towards that sign more but that's why you have to like you know reach out to an astrologer or reach out to someone to find that information or do your own research um, and your own self-development because that's just really important um, what would you say? I mean, it, totally. I feel like with any of this stuff, it's so helpful to have somebody overseeing it and helping you dial in. And it's like that, you know, you, it was in your bio. It was what I was just talking about, this like sense of belonging, the sense of like, I don't fit in versus the sense of belonging. And these are just ways to access different parts of ourselves and understand ourselves a little bit better. So we don't feel that like we don't belong here. We just have a deeper understanding of like, oh, everyone's a little different. This is how my difference manifests, I guess. Right. So that's my purpose is to help people figure out where and why they belong. Um, because that's just very, um, just, it's just very important for us to be on that search because we picked this lifetime to get information, to learn lessons. And, you know, I always say your soul's on the line because you don't want to repeat those lessons in the next lifetime. So you're here to actually do something. It's not, you know, just go to work, make money and then, you know, die. You know, you're supposed to find your purpose. You're supposed to fulfill that. You're supposed to learn lessons and then you can, you know, move on to the next lifetime and do something else. A lot of people, when they have a lot of struggles in this lifetime, they're probably on their third lifetime of learning lessons. Um, and they just haven't have chosen not to do that. I hope that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Do you find that some people uh, like raising my hand as I say this, some people have to learn the same lesson over and over and over again in the same lifetime. I mean, yeah. And then you get to a point and I think that shows up mostly in relationships. Um, mostly when you, you know, you're attracting the same type of person or going through the same issues. It's like, you know, red flag, ding, ding, ding. There's an issue here. Let's see what that issue is. And a lot of times we just don't want to face that because that requires doing a lot of shadow work, a lot of dark work. Um, and sometimes we don't want to go there. What for the folks that are unfamiliar with the term shadow work, can you explain that a little bit? It's the ego. It's the dark side. It's the, the, the jealous part of you. It's the evil part of you. It's the, um, the, inner child that's hurt part of you it's all of that um and dealing with those things that don't necessarily you know portray you as a good person <laughs> it's the, you know what I mean it's like oh I'm, that means that I'm not a good person um so that's what that is so how can we use human design as a way to help us with all of this you can use human design because human design, like I said, helps you make better decisions to reach your goals, to reach your destiny, to find your purpose, um, all of that stuff. So that is what human design is. So human design is it's a tool that helps you make better decisions based off of your aura type. So everybody has a certain aura type and they are they have a certain strategy. And that strategy is to help you make those decisions to move forward towards your destiny. Do you, let's, let's stick a pin in the aura type so we can 
I'll have you, if you're comfortable with it, kind of give a little like yeah, absolutely rundown. But before that, I want to learn a little bit more about your psychic abilities. Like at what point did you, just out of curiosity, at what point did you say like, hmm, something's going on here? At what point did you learn that you had to dull that? And at what point were you like, F it, I'm just going to turn it all the way up? Well, of, of course, that was something that my grandmother noticed um, for me just as a young child, just, you know, talking about people that were either dead or knowing things um and then I started I remember I never forget I remember and this is so interesting I was in kindergarten and I was at the playground and I remember a voice like a man's voice talking to me and it was referring to like one of my other kindergarten friends and I just like ignored it and it would be instances like that and I would just, you know, not say anything, just ignore it. And then as I got started getting older, other occurrences started happening. But then mostly in my teens, I really started um, having a lot of psychic instances or I, I'm a dreamer. So um, I had a lot of prophetic dreams, a lot of things in my dreams. I talked to my grandmother about them um, and all of that and a lot of just dreaming stuff and so my grandmother was a catalyst of knowing that about me and it wasn't necessarily that I was hiding it or anything like that it was just trying to figure out what that meant and coming to terms with that and then as you know I got older and you know going into college it became stronger and I just sort of like ignored it and just like let it be dormant in a way but then as I got into my 20s and then early 30s it was like okay you can't deny this because um, you know spirit will troll you as you know people like to say it will always show up it will always um it will just it will always show up it will always just keep on trying to come for you <laughs> until you're like <laughs> this is uh, what you need to be doing. And so as I started getting into life coaching, it started showing up there and taking, then I started taking courses and finding mentors and just developing my gift and figuring out what it actually meant being a channel and what, and what I heard and all of that stuff. And so it just, it helped me out. Um, I've never heard that spirit will troll you, but I just wrote it down because yeah, it's so it will. funny. It's <laughs> spirit so will good. Troll you. <laughs> That is for sure. Um, your, well, it's so cool that you had your grandmother there to kind of help to foster that versus being like, what's wrong with you? That's kind of weird, you know? Yeah. Um, and the, the thing you said about your mom, your grandmother being a catalyst is that's a big thing that I've been paying attention to in my, my life, kind of looking back and being like, it wasn't me that did a lot of this. I mean, it was, but there was all, there's these moments of like catalyst catalytic energy I consider them and maybe it was people or maybe it was situations that like propelled me into the next phase or next project and I think that that's really really cool and like powerful to 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 look back and think about that so I love that you use that term catalyst uh for your grandmother yeah um sorry go ahead oh no I was just gonna say yeah I mean it was you know people know so especially people always you know they know they have some type of inclination like oh you know maybe this is what's going on um and and so I always tell parents of you know children who do have gifts just try and honor that and try and help them hone that because it it, it will definitely help don't ignore those things 
And um, to to pull the the catalyst thing into our conversation about auras, that was something that came up in when you did my reading because I'm a manifesting generator, which is a type of aura. AC will describe what all that means in a sec, but um, you had explained to me that I really need an invitation, an external invitation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like sometimes people, catalytic people have been that external invitation. I've, I've had people in my life that sort of pushed me before I was ready and it was a necessary push. Um, so, you know, you just did the reading for me last week. So I definitely still need to like listen to it a few more times. I'm sure I'll have a lot of light bulb, aha, more, more, more of those moments. More moments, right. But as soon as I heard that, I was like, whoa, that is really, 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 really true. Um, so why don't we get into the different aura types and what that all means? Sure. So they are tech, they're, they're four aura types or four aura families, if you want to say, but technically five. So you have your generator family and there's two types. There's manifesting generators and pure generators. And those are the majority of the population. Most people are generators or manifesting generators and they, you're, strategy is to respond then act and that's responding to external things outside of yourself and then using your sacral energy um to move forward and it's like a hell yes or hell no or uh uh-uh or uh uh-huh um and depending on your um authority um which you know that's a little bit more deeper um but you will make decisions based off of that it could be you could be a sacral inner authority or you could be a emotional authority it just depends but the overall consensus for the generator family is to respond then act to wait to respond then you have projectors which myself um and i'll give a little bit of examples of in of just celebrities because that's easier for people to recognize who were generators and who are manifesting gen- generators. So generators would be Oprah Winfrey, would be Princess Diana. Um, I'm sorry, not Princess Diana. Oprah Winfrey, Beyonce, Celine Dion. <laughs> um, those are generators. They're pure generators. And then when you think about manifesting generators, you have Jennifer Lopez, um, Rihanna, or Bethany Frankel. Those are manifesting generators. Then you have projectors, and projectors um, are about 20 to 22 percent of the population depends on who you ask and their um well our because i'm a projector um strategy is to wait for invitations or wait to be recognized and barack obama um cardi b uh princess diana projectors and then you have um your uh, manifestors and manifestors are the only ones in human design who can just do stuff there to inform and then act and some man, some famous manifestors are J.K. Rowling, um, Maya Angelou, Ian Van Zant, and then you have reflectors. And reflectors are the smallest population. They're like anywhere between one to two percent now. It's probably change, and um, they have to wait a twenty-eight day cycle before they make decisions. Um, but not always. There's some some tricks there that they can do, um, but reflectors um, are like Sandra Bullock. Um, Scott Hamill is a reflector (laughs) and um, there's this um, spiritual person. Her name is Teal Swan. She's also a reflector Um, and they are to wait 28 days before they can make a decision. Oh my God. I feel like it would be very hard to be a reflector. It's actually not as hard 
as it sounds. Um, they struggle the most, but once they get it, they have the easiest, especially when it comes to business and marketing and they have it probably the easiest. Um, our mutual pal, Meg doll, you know, Meg, right? Yes. She's a manifester. Yes. And that's pretty rare. It, they are rare, but they, there are a lot more manifestors out there. Really? Yes. There are a lot more manifestors out there, but they're pretty rare, but not as rare. I know a lot of manifestors, so maybe they just they gravitate toward to me. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of them. Okay. Um, I Do you feel like people, based on when when you're describing them, can like try to figure out which which ones they are? Or is that really hard to do? It really depends. Um it really depends. Most of the time, yes. Um, and that is just the way they that they do stuff. So the, the way that they act and the way that they um, run their businesses, things like that. Yes, I would say yes, I can. So if there's two different types of generators, what's the difference between pure generator and manifesting generator since this is the bulk of the population right so the whole thing is manifesting generators they are here to find shortcuts to mastery and generators are here to master something so that's why those examples that i use so when you look at oprah when you look at beyonce celine dion they've mastered something over time and then we look at rihanna when you look at j-lo when you look at bethany frankel they found shortcuts to mastery doing multiple things. So manifesting generators, they are like your friend who's all over the place, who's always got something going on. And then a generator is like focus, like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm on my way to becoming a doctor or becoming the best hairstylist in my town. That's what a generator is about, that long journey. And then manifesting generators are about finding shortcuts to get things done. Okay. Yeah. I'm deaf. That definitely tracks for me. That's for sure. I'm <laughs> all over the place. But one, so this is, I was tell, telling you a little bit about this before we started recording, but there was something on your older website that you, <laughs> it made me laugh. And it, it was the thing that made me book the appointment with you, like literally that day. Um, but you, I am totally paraphrasing, but you said something along the line of like, I've been doing this work and studying this for almost 10 years. I'm not an armchair psychic <laughs> and it, that is the thing that really caught me because I, I, something that I talk about a lot is this mastery of skill, this whole concept. Um, now that I'm a manifesting generator, it makes a lot of sense why this is such a tenant for me, such a huge pillar for me. I feel like, especially in the online space, as soon as something gets popular, everybody wants to do it. And what I'm trying to tell people, especially the folks in the wellness space, like stop trying to be the jack of all trades and be the master of one or like you know, example that I'll use is a per the personal trainer who is also a yoga teacher, who's also a nutrition guru, who's also a life coach. They're showing up and trying to do all the things, but they're doing them kind of half-baked rather than taking the time to learn and practice the material to hone and master the skills. And this is such an important thing to me when I look at the people that I want to interview or the, uh, the experts that I want to learn from or the people that I want to hire for myself to help me. I want them to be the experts in their trade and their craft. I want them to hone, to have honed their craft. And I, I don't really care if they can do all of these things kind of okay. I want them to do like the one thing that I need them for. I want them to do it really 
well. So I just feel like that is, you must be seeing a lot because human design is, is gaining in popularity. You must be seeing a lot of these like armchair experts. And I just appreciate that you've been steeped in this work for so long. Well, for me, it's, you know, at the beginning, it used to be very like annoying and bitter of, I used to be bitter about it because I've been studying it in for so long. Um, but that's going to happen. But the, the thing that, well, and I learned this when I was in acting school, um, I spent two years in acting school. That's a whole nother topic. Um, <laughs> but, um, cause I'm, I really actually love acting. Um, and so what I learned there that all has always carried me is that when you pick certain careers that are in create creative careers, especially something like acting, my acting teacher would always say it's about your journey. So if you plan on giving up next year or in two years, then don't bother with this. Um, and you know, that always stuck with me that, you know, there's going to be people that might, you know, come out the gate and, get the shine, get the recognition right away. And then you'll, you might be that person that will have 10 years in the game and then you get your big break. And so I think that's where it's about your body of work and, you know, people popping up, they're not thinking about their body of work. They're just thinking about right now and then just doing something right now. So for me, you know, as people, more people are discovering me and finding out about me, my body of work, this is included in it. And so, thinking about me as a psychic channel, a spiritual guide, an entrepreneur, all of the mistakes and things that I've made, this is a part of my body of work. So I can stand behind it a little bit more stronger than other people because I know that this has been a journey for me and it's about my body of work. So someone who's just like picking up a book and like, oh, I'm going to start reading people or taking one or two classes. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to start reading people, which is totally fine if they want to do that. But as time goes on um, and as time, you know, evolves for them, they might drop it and they leave it alone. And then it, it it's almost like you sidetrack yourself. Um, on purpose just for the fad thing or the popular thing oh my god that is such an important thing we I have a lot of wellness pros that listen to this show and I think that's such an important thing especially when you get caught into the comparison trap on you know public facing online business social media all of that you can be like what the heck it can feel really debilitating so I love the the concept of focusing on the body of work and like does it have legs? Um, there's a small example. A few years back, a co-worker of mine, um, we taught yoga together and she got into the nutrition space a little bit and was having a lot of really like public success. And it was, so I would just spend like days crying. I'm like, I'm in like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in debt because I went to school for this. I've been studying this for years. I've been like grinding and like all of a sudden she just decides she wants to do this. And I remember it was a very pivotal conversation. My man, my husband is a man of very few words, but it was one of those conversations that I'll never forget where he was like, like focus on the long haul. She will come and she will go. People will come and they will go. You need to focus on the long haul. And it was like, exactly what I needed to get myself out of my own way. And it's so true. I've seen so many nutrition, you know, professionals pop up and kind of fade away, pop up and fade away. And so I think it's just an important message for those of us that might be feeling like that. Um, so thank you for saying that. 
You're welcome. Um, okay, you had mentioned the inner authority, and this is actually I had was listening to a podcast where people were discussing. It wasn't even about human design, but it came up in the conversation. And this is the real reason that I definitely wanted to get a reading from you is because I wanted to know what my inner authority was because I really struggle with making decisions. And so I wanted to know like what's the best way for me to make decisions. And so can you talk a little bit, you touched briefly upon it, but you know, you mentioned sacral energy and emotion. Like what is this idea of inner authority? So I like to say your authority has the final say um and after you following your strategy if you're still stuck you want to go to your inner authority so everybody has a different one there's several ones so i'll just talk about the like some of the most popular which are sacral or emotional so a sacral inner authority person has to use their sacral response so it's going to be in that moment where they feel those sounds of uh-uh or uh-huh and then emotional people are ones that need to what I call need to wait the out the petty period meaning that they need to ride out that emotional wave before responding or giving a final like answer to something because an, a majority of the population is emotional inner authority um about 50 percent and that means don't make decisions from that emotional wave because emotional inner authority will say yes at 12 o'clock and then at 5 30 they're like oh I shouldn't have said that <laughs> so it's about riding that wave out and waiting till it's like just nice and smooth and then you can just make decisions in that kind of settled place of after you've thought about it thought about it felt it out all of that stuff and then you can say yes or no and then for sacral inner authorities it's about in that moment of uh-huh or uh-uh you'll feel it um and sacral inner authorities struggle the most because especially if you're sacral and you are um um you know manifesting generator because you're moving so fast sometimes that you don't even recognize the you slowing down and what that means for you so that's manifesting generators have a hard time with you know not being able to make decisions properly because they don't slow down because they're all over the place because they're just going, going, going. That makes a lot of sense. Are you, what, what's your inner authority? I'm an emotional inner authority. So okay. <laughs> yeah, so I'm an emotional inner authority. And that's exactly what you told me. And that, that I love the way that I've really thought about that. Um, the, the, how you describe it as waves because I am very impulsive. Like I'll be like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then exactly like you said, a few hours later or a few days later, I like, am, I just, I'm like, I regret that. I really regret saying yes because when I'm at the crest of the wave, like I'm, you know, when I'm like feeling good and like, you know, riding high and like excited, I'm, I'm eager. And in the moment I do want to say yes, but I haven't let, you know, the, I haven't let those undulations move through me and I kind of have to wait till I hit a bottom, come back up to the top, hit a bottom and really feel like is like, how do I emotionally feel about that? That was so helpful for me to wrap my head around. Yeah, it's it's the best thing for emotional inner authorities. And I always like to say for me, you know, when I wait out something, I'll actually really give it if especially if I can give someone a couple of days I'll wait it out and then I'll literally just be in my kitchen and be like oh nope that's a no or yep that's a yes I like that <laughs> and it'll just be that simple simple is good <laughs> um going back to the 
I'm trying to think of questions that folks might have about the um, the aura types. With the generators, you're saying that people need to, is it both manifesting generators and just regular generators that need to, they kind of need a call to action to respond to, right? So generators need something externally outside of them. And so do manifesting generators, but manifesting generators have a little bit of a tweak. And so with generators, meaning that they're looking for signs from the universe. So I use the vacation because a lot of human design people use vacation terminology with, with when it comes to generators because it's easiest. So say you want to go to go to Jamaica and instead of you going ahead and booking the trip, you would wait for signs. So you would wait for, you know, maybe you saw an ad pop up saying, you know, half pi- half price tickets to Jamaica or, you know, you get an email like from a Jamaican resort that you've, you know, maybe it was a long time ago or something. And they're just like, oh, you know, we just wanted to check on you, seeing if you're thinking about coming to visit our resort or you are, you know, a friend says to you, hey, you know, Erin, let's go to Jamaica. And then, you know, those are signs externally. And then you would act. You would re- That's responding. You would respond, then act. So that's for you, for generators. And then manifesting generators, it's a little tweaked. It's more like responding, informing, well, imagining, informing, and then acting. Because you have a little bit of manifester in you um, that you can also sometimes call things in. I like to call manifesting generators the walking law of attraction they can call stuff in and, you know, and do things, a little, tweak it. So it's like, you might say, hey, you know, I want to go out to Jamaica. And then the next day, your husband's like, hey, let's go to Jamaica. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it can be that easy. Or you say you want to go to Jamaica and then you, you know, imagine what that would look like. And then all of a sudden things start lining up and then you inform, you know, your husband like, hey, me and the girls, we're going to Jamaica. And then you would go ahead and do an act, if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Totally does. And then what about projectors? Do they not need that external invite? So projectors are here to guide and direct people. So it's about you then as a manifesting generator saying to the the projector, hey, you want to come to Jamaica with us? It's about the invitation. So it's, you know inviting them or recognizing like oh hey ac i you know we're going to jamaica would you like to go that's the invitation and then if you're a manifester going on that trip you would probably be the one saying okay we're gonna stay here guys this is when we're gonna go just informing people on how it's gonna work okay that makes sense and then manifestors what if they they're just doing it all they're running the show well, manifestors would be running and the reflectors would be just probably going with the flow and seeing how they felt about the trip in general. Got it. Okay. Um, is there one or a type that's most likely to experience burnout? Yes. And those are all the non-sacral energies, which are manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. So those are the three that don't have any sacral energy. Um, so they, we are the most susceptible to burnout. Some generators are as well, especially generators who are not doing and, and manifesting generators who are not doing things that they're passionate about. Mm, that makes sense. So, I mean, everybody's susceptible to burnout, but the biggest ones are the non-sacral energies. Okay. And now, 
um, you talk a lot about how to use human design for your overall life, happiness, relationships, and business. What about health? Can we, since, you know, it, can we use that in a way to so, support our health? You can. Um, I am not a believer in that. Um, there are some human design practitioners who you can search about, oh, what you should eat for your aura type. I call bullshit on that. I'm sorry. Hopefully <laughs> you can curse on your podcast. Oh, yeah. Go for um, it. And that is because I'm when it comes to health, um, science is science to me. Um, and so I am a more a bigger believer in eating right for your blood type because um, that's changed my life um, than eating right for my aura type. Because if I eat right for my aura type, then the way that it says, then I would not feel as good as I do when I'm eating healthy. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to say that. Wait, so there really is eat for your aura type out there? Oh, absolutely. You can Google it. And there's some people who will, can tell you like, oh, you should eat this. I don't know any of it, but I just don't believe in that. Um, I think that you can, you know, maybe use it as a guideline, but I'm really strict on eating right for your blood type. Um, especially just, especially for different ethnicities, it really helps because what works for me as a black woman might not work for you. So even if we have the same blood type and I like how, um, you know, the doctor who created it breaks that down per ethnicity because it really does help and it really does make, make a difference. Yeah, I've had, I don't, that's not something that I utilize in my practice, but I've heard all, I've definitely anecdotally heard a lot of people have success with that. So that's interesting to hear you say that. Yeah, How long I, have you been doing that? I mean, when I'm good, <laughs> when I'm good, <laughs> when I'm good, I am doing it consistently and I notice a huge difference because I'm O negative. So I am, because I, when, how I found out about the whole eat right for your blood type thing is years ago. I was, you know, going through a bunch of stuff with my thyroid and things like that. And I started going to an acupuncturist. Um, and, you know, this is he's this really attractive, tall, you know, blonde hair, blue eye, you know, guy who's, you know, doing my acupuncture. He's super into Chinese medicine. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be raw vegan and all of this stuff. And I, you know, I even took a certification in raw veganism and I, I'm like a level one certified raw vegan chef, all of this stuff. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be raw vegan. And so I did it for like a month straight. I felt horrible. I think I had lost like a pound. Um, I felt just a mess. And so I went to this acupuncture. So I'm telling him this and he's like, um, excuse me. He was like, he was like, how do you, he's like, what do you think? I was like, yeah, you're probably vegan. He's like, absolutely not. He's like, I eat meat. He was like, I, my skin looks like this because I eat meat. I am, you know, I look like this because I eat meat and he was like let me see what your blood type is he you know found that out with my doctor and stuff at the time he was like you're gonna kill yourself and I was like what do you mean he's like you can't have all of that vegetables and fruits and the way that you're eating raw vegan is not for you and I was just like why not and he was like because it's not you're oh negative you need meat like you need that and then so he started giving me all of these books and stuff and I was just like oh my gosh and as I started incorporating meat back into my diet, I noticed a difference in how I felt. Like if I go two weeks without a steak, I feel it in my body, like literally. I mean, for me, I have to stay away from sugar, from carbohydrates, from those things. 
but meat and you know lamb and certain types of fish really do make a difference in how I feel so first of all I had my raw vegan days too so (laughs) hat tip to the raw vegan Uh, that was a time Um, I had a chiropractor he was like a super wacky guy but he was I'm guessing if I had to guess it was probably like 15 years ago ish this is when I was a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian for 20 years. And he was like, you, because of your blood type, you need to eat meat. And I was like, like hell, get bent. And here I am all these years later, definitely eating meat. <laughs> right. And feeling better. And it's just feeling like, better. Right. Wow. Because my mom, she can do like smoothies and all of that. And then she, her weight drops because she's, I think she's um B. Um, and so but B people can be vegetarians. That's good for them. So it's just like, it's amazing. And that's why I'm just so such a proponent for the eating right for your blood type. And people are like, well, how do I find out my blood type? Well, if your doctor doesn't know, then you can, they have kits on Amazon that you can take buy a kit on Amazon to find out your blood type is really cheap. They're like $10, I think. And it tells you how to figure out your blood type. Like you prick yourself and then you put it on this thing and then it, it turns into something. And then that's how you find out. Yeah. Just like a dried blood spot. Those are pretty easy to get your hands yes. on. And I'm such a huge proponent for N equals one, like try things on yourself, you know, try it out, see how you feel, you know, observe your own body's reactions to right. the changes that you're but making. But sometimes we're just not patient enough to do that. No. So why no. would why would we do that? Why would we, we, take we need time? the qu- <laughs> we need the quick fix, right? We want the we want the solutions and we want them now. Right. Um but I would say that like understanding yourself like from a mental health perspective, understanding yourself and understanding why you are the way you are, why you have certain tendencies or what helps can can really prevent that burnout, right? One thing that, just to use an example, because I, I feel like people learn by examples, right? But one thing you had said to me is that you need to, or I had said to you, is like, so do I just like wait? Do I just wait for the invitation or the sign? And you're like, exactly Yes. Whereas I feel like when I'm thinking about it, I can definitely pinpoint times in my life where I was sort of in alignment with that and things went really well. And there's times where I fought that and things did not go so well. Things didn't go so smoothly. So if I can just give myself some grace around the fact that like I'm not constantly in this like productivity mode, sometimes I actually have to take a step back, put a call out to like, hey, what's the next step? And that is when things unfold a little bit easier for me. And then I stop like working myself, you know, into the ground and I can prevent the burnout. When I get burnt out, I usually get an autoimmune flare on the heels of it. So mm. preventing burnout for me is huge. So I feel like this is a, a, actually, it's like a really great tool to support my overall health. Yes. And I, it is because each aura type has their own kind of way to, practice self-care um is which is needed that it does help with the overall health like for me like I can get burned out really quickly um even though I sometimes I push myself too much um but I notice it very quickly now um to where I'm like okay I need a break and so you know like with me and everything going on that's been going on with me you know the last couple of weeks it's like okay I'm gonna have to take a break after I'm finished doing all this stuff and take a real break that's like 
you know, at least two or three days of just really not doing anything of just sleeping and relaxing, not talking to anybody, all of that kind of stuff. Oh, that's what I need right now. <laughs> we all <laughs> need that. <laughs> I, not talking to anybody is like the real thing that got me. We, it's just hard. I'm, I need, I'm the type of person that needs a lot of alone time to recharge. And so my husband and daughter have been in the house for four months. <laughs> right. And it's just like, oh God, you're still here. You're right. still here. Okay, great. Um, I would love for you to describe what it means to live from your core instead of your conditioning. Well, for me, that means, and it's so fun. And this is like a college reference and, and, I'll tell you how this, my analogies and things like that. Um, when you are in, and when you're in college or things where you're away from home for the first time or something like that, or you move away or you move out of your town, um, it's almost like your soul and your personality is free to roam as its true self. And so when I say living from your core instead of conditioning, there is a point in your life where you are who you are and that is the core of you. And then conditioning society, what other people want, what other people desire that gets implanted in you, that gets embedded in you um, externally. And then you start conditioning your, yourself away from your core. And then you start moving towards this conditioned version of what you think you should be or what people might think you should be, or what society wants you to be. And then you start working towards that. And so the work that I do is about helping you go backwards to, okay, who is this person now? And what does did that person want? And how do we bring forth that core version of yourself? Because that's who your true self is. You know, um, there's relationships in college where, you know, like my first college boyfriend, you know, he knows the core of who I am. Um, and it's funny to this day, like, you know, if I've, you know, I've talked to him in the past and, you know, he would, and I was just shocked at some of the things that he remembered about me. I was like, wow, that's spot on. Yeah. That's, I, I am an entrepreneur. He's like, you always were an entrepreneur and you always wanted to, you know, have this and do that. And I'm just like, wow, I did. I do. And it was, it's just so, poignant to just a time in my life where it's I'm far from and a lot of us are far from that we think that those desires or those dreams or those visions have left us but they're not they're just in us lying dormant just waiting to be like waking up and for us to start living in them now oh that's so cool and so so spot on too and the you know I've heard you say before that like I don't know if I'm going to use the correct terminology, but you know, your, your sun sign in you or your aura types or your Enneagram or your whatever it is, like these aren't necessarily excuses to, you know, I think sometimes right. you can be like, yeah, well, I'm, they're not I'm, excuses I'm, for you to be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, they're not excuses for you to be an asshole. They are just tools. You know, I always talk about how, you know, all of that stuff, your Enneagram, your aura type, your sun sign, all of the things in your natal chart, all of the personality things and all of that stuff. That's a, that's 80% accurate. 
But then you have the 20% that people discredit, which is the way you were raised, your socioeconomic status, um, you know, your race, your ethnicity, all of these things play a part into who you are. Um, and then that's the, that, that 20% is the biggest part of you deconditioning. Cause those are things that either society has labeled you as, or, um, you've been indoctrinated into just because of your parents and where you were raised and how they were raised, all of that stuff. So it's about really deconditioning from that 20% to get to the 80% of the general core of who you are. Right. That 20%, a lot of that is the, the conditioning. Yes. The 20% is the conditioning, but it's super important because that's going to be where you struggle at the most. Oh my God. Absolutely. And the one, what, one of the things that I really appreciated when we were doing the reading is that you were like, here's this and here's the downsides. And I feel like if I can be aware of the potential downsides when it's happening, when I catch myself in that, then I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this means that I need to kind of like pull myself back online. I have to pull myself back into balance. It's not because I'm a shitty person that I'm experiencing these downsides, but I do have to put in work because it's easy for me to slide into some of these downsides. I don't even know if you use the word downside, but I couldn't think of a Yeah, I way use to- downside or depressed side. Um, you know, those things that show up when you are feeling or at your worst. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So if somebody's looking to get started with human design, where do you suggest that they start? I suggest they find out their aura type. Um, and you can do that through various websites um, online. Just Google it. And you do need your birth time. Um, the closest to your birth time is possible. And then, you know, if you, you know, like what you hear about me, I would start at my podcast and just listen to the aura specific episodes, go to my Instagram. And then when you're ready to take the next step to do a reading, um, to get information about your whole chart and how to actually incorporate it into your life, then that's the next step. Yeah. And I would highly recommend a doing a reading with AC. Like I said, I did one last week. And so you, we talked about ways to implement this in my, my relationships and my marriage, in my business, also in like the ways that I market my business. Like you, you, we, we, you got deep with like yeah. a lot of very specific suggestions of how to take this information and actually apply it in, in real life. So can you just tell us, uh, tell everybody where they can find more of you? Yes, they can find me um, on Instagram, of course, at AC Brown, um, at acbrown.com. And also my YouTube channel that is slowly getting started. <laughs> um, just Google AC Brown on YouTube and you can find my channel. And of course, my podcast is my aura on street, which is my podcast. And you can find that anywhere you listen to your podcast at. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll link all of those up in the show notes, you guys. So you have those links at the ready. Um, thank you so much, AC, for coming on the show and telling us all about human design. No, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review in iTunes. Take care of you.